The FTX collapse remains the talk of the town as the crypto contagion continues to spread. Now, everyone knows that I'm primarily a technical analyst and I follow the news, but we have a whole slew, thousands and millions at this point, maybe millions of billions of on-chain analysts joining and piling on to tell us their thoughts on what's happening, but most of them suck. So I like to talk to on-chain analysts that actually know what they're talking about, like the OG legend, Willie Wu. Now, we're going to obviously talk about what lessons we learned from the FTX collapse. Maybe if there's any on, anything on-chain that we can look at to see what might come next, but also just generally to talk about where the space is at, whether we're likely seeing our beloved assets bottom or whether there's more pain coming. I've got Willie Wu right now, guys. Let's go. Let's go. What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of All Streets. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and use your on-chain analysis to hit the like button. That's not even a thing. That made no sense, but it just came into my head at that moment. So yeah, guys, listen, listen. It's been a rough, rough run in the crypto space of late, but I'm starting to feel a little more bullish. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm nuts, but it feels like most of the bad news is starting to get priced in, and we're starting to see my favorite indicator in the world ever of all time, which is mainstream media telling me that Bitcoin is going to zero. It's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. I tweeted about it this morning. The European Central Bank said that, here we go, the apparent stabilization of Bitcoin's value is likely to be an artificially induced last gasp before the crypto asset embarks on a road to irrelevance. Wow. They said that, and they also admitted in the paper that it was a threat. So, of course, I wrote, hey, bottom is in when I saw that tweet. But Willie, also, I just saw commented on that tweet. I'm going to bring him on right now. Willie, how are you, man? Hey, Scott. Good to be here. This is kind this of is what the you first said. podcast in a while, eh? Yeah, man. We got, you know, we got to yeah. keep, keep, keep you in the mix. We can't just uh, allow you only to send snarky responses on Twitter. We, we got to have you on YouTube <laughs> as well. Yeah, you're, you're like not so secretly the funniest person on Twitter in your comments. I just die every single time you respond to anything because you uh, share that uh, sense of horrid sarcasm, I think, that I have. But this is what you said about the European Central Bank. This is an absolute dream. I didn't think this would happen so quick when I first researched Bitcoin nine years ago. Central banks are acknowledging Bitcoin as a threat to their existence by funding it. Right? I mean, the road to irrelevance. Could they be any more, like, obvious here as to what's happening? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, following that, um, I mean, this thing is stabilizing. Um, my God, every time it stabilizes after a bear market, that's uh, pretty telling that it's... Uh, accumulation phase right um <laughs> it's it's the bottom right it is the bottom it's ironic hey eh? they, they think it's some sort of um conspiracy that um some unforeseen scammers are holding up the price of bitcoin just before this thing's going to collapse to zero um yeah i mean it's it's that time in the cycle really that um the accumulation does come in, right? Like people buy, they put a floor on the price, the volatility drops. And we saw that in, when was it? Was it 2018? 2018 bottom? Um, 2015 bottom? Um, we even saw it in the 2012 bottom. Um, so yeah, yeah, sure. People are holding the price up. That's because they want Bitcoin. 
Yeah, I, if anything, you would say that if there's artificial pressure, it would be on the sell side, right? I mean, we've obviously we have bankruptcies, liquidations. I mean, forced liquidations, I should say. The notion that somebody's artificially propping the price up seems to be the opposite of what would be happening. Yeah, right. It's um, it's being absorbed. Like what was really interesting with the Black BlockFi uh, bankruptcy, we saw a sort of pullback. Uh, it 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 wicked down um, beforehand. I kind of think that was sort of inside sellers knowing that that announce would happen. It wicked down, you know, what is it? $500, something like Nothing. that. And it got quickly yeah. absorbed. And then now we're breaking to the upside. So I, I think we've got a lot of buyers at this price. Certainly the indicators I have um, are showing, you know, when you see a lot of coins moving and the price going sideways, um, that's a for, sure sign of accumulation. And so that's been happening. Um, I'm tracking it. Um, it's it's That's the reason why um, it's going sideways. Um, so there you go. <laughs> I mean, we were going sideways before the FTX collapse, right? And then sort of yeah. global markets started to turn around to the upside. My feeling is that we'd be sitting at like 25,000 right now, if not for the whole FTX situation. I mean, do you share that? Or do you think that this was this last drop was sort of baked in anyways? Yeah, very much so. I mean, um, the indicators had bottomed. Um, particularly one I was looking at was really supply that's underwater. Um, every single cycle, there's a, a trend line um, that's, you know, it trends downwards, trends downwards. And when that trend line breaks to the upside, um, <clears throat> it's always happened in the middle of an accumulation zone and it broke um, in that sideways before the FTX um the FTX uh, sort of buckle. And um, so actually that's my view is that we were we were setting up for a decent accumulation phase. We're building that um, multiple month accumulation bottom and then um, wham, we had another round of deleveraging, but pff, accumulation is still happening. So yeah, I, I agree. We I think that we would be in the um, highish, uh, not the highish, but let's say mid between the yeah, 20, twenty three to twenty four, twenty five, somewhere in there. I think. Yeah, I think that I think we we're sitting up for like twenty, like eighteen to twenty four, sort of sideways ban for a few more months. Um, yeah, and then we had the you know the deleveraging happen. Um, so we're now continuing that in the um, in the sixteen to to eighteen ban now um, yeah but yeah yeah I, I agree i agree yeah we're not so far below breaking back into that other sort of range though i and i, I actually had pulled up one of your tweets here you can see it says bitcoin bottom is getting close under the max pain model historically bitcoin price reaches macro cycle bottoms when 58 to 61 percent of coins are underwater that's orange i'm going to bring that up green shading adjust for the coins locked up inside gbt stress i mean this is the supply underwater you were talking about because you talk a bit more about what that max pain uh, means yeah yeah so that max pain is like um to what what those are, are contours of um where the price has to hit um till you know how much of the, the coin supply is underwater from their buy price and so that is i believe that's 30 roughly 38 uh 58 to 60 percent of the coins being underwater um and so that's where you get that band within that that two percent band has been where it's hit and all the um, bottoms that we've had in the last few cycles. So um, I'm just tracking that as a target. So actually, there's this sort of um, pencil sketch um, chart that um, I've posted a few times. Um, and 
what we're actually doing here is looking at the, this is actually a complete um, profile of um, the density. You know, you can think of this as like a volume profile for the traders out there. We get dense lines. That's where a lot of um, coins have have last traded at that value, right? So it's kind of like a volume profile, but it's a it's a it's a profile of how many coins traded at that price out of the whole Bitcoin supply. And I've cropped it off at um, you know down to here, which is like there's another twenty eight percent of the coins that traded below uh, that that price here. Um, so effectively, I'm looking at um, the there's a particular contour that hits all of these um, these these price bottoms, right? And that that's the contour of how much of the supply is underwater. Obviously, if you buy here, as the price goes under, you're part of the the losing squad until um, you know you hit it hits a point where it doesn't go any further. That's your max pain. Um, and this is it charting as we go through 100% of people in profit at the at the 70,000 top. And as we the price starts trading down, we cut through all these contours. And now we're currently at about 45% of the supply is, is underwater. Um, and actually what I was saying is you can draw this trend line. Actually, I can't draw on this chart, but you can draw a trend line here. And when you get this sort of change in movement where the supply starts to climb and um, not experience so much pain, that usually happens in this accumulation belt right in that zone there. Um, so it's before the breakout um, and it's been reliable um, with past cycles here. Um, and you get the breakout. Um, I think if you draw it to here, that's the breakout. It's the middle of the accumulation zone. And actually, we were forming a really nice um, trend line here. I remember monitoring this at this point. It hit at this point. It hit there. And then it snuck out. And it stuck out right at that zone here. And it was ready to start to um, you know, put in a floor. And then we had the unwind from FTX. Um, so this now looks like a bump and run um, pattern where we break out of the trend and then we're now retesting the trend line. Um, my opinion that, that this will test well and go upwards. Um, and here we go. Let's draw that chart. So what I've done here is actually now also account for the grayscale coins, which is, um, you know, I think it's about three, four, percent of the bitcoin supply maybe even more four and a half percent yeah something something crazy um six hundred and thirty thousand bitcoin in there yeah. and then if you look at um what's happening inside there roughly 60 percent assuming 60 percent of the coins are um underwater i did a survey and um you kind of can account for um what's happening in that black box which um won't be shown on chain um, the green sort of corrects for that. And so that is currently today at $13,000 um, and climbing quite quickly. You can, if we zoom in to this zone here, you can see that that's, that's climbing up quite quickly. So um, we're, we're getting quite close to a touch. It doesn't have to touch every time. We, we didn't touch there. Um, so, uh, yeah. It, that's, it's damn that's close. It's and even if we chop, and even if we chop sideways, that can just rise to the price, right? Price right. doesn't have to come down to support. Support can come up to the price in this yeah, situation, kind of like the movie. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Like here, this chopped sideways, and then it caught up. Um, so that's looking good. Um, 
And of course, we have in the on-chain world um, ridiculous amount of macro indicators. You, you can see it in um, like you know we've got this sort of stuff. Like interestingly, here's a destruction um, like bottom. We're using Bitcoin's destroyed. So effectively, when coins move from an old old hand that bought a long, long time ago um, and passed to a new investor, um, that that carries with it not only the the volume of coins, but the, the lag and the amount of time it accumulated in the wallet, um, that's called destruction. You can use that um, in, in a way to um, create this, this kind of model where we're, we're trying to catch the, the bottoms. And so as old coins um, sell out, it lifts this floor. And um, so this is, this is a model that I did, wow, back in 2019. Um, so about, I think, Think we is around here. We built this model, um, and that um, that held with the COVID dip, and now we're really on it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if we this this model breaks or not, even with all this unwinding. Um, so that model there is 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 hitting the floor. So that's another one to watch, um, and so. We have a crazy number of these indicators, like you can see. Yes, like every single thing is showing like potential bottom, right? <laughs> yeah, right. You can have NVRV ratio, which is, you know, pretty much the how much it's valued compared to how much people invested into the network and bottom again. So, you know, lately I've been taking all of this stuff and like going, let's grab it. This is like 13 of these macro indicators. And... Um, I've put them all together, <laughs> right? And it was like, there we go. This is actually, there's more than two it's in that, right? It's like, it's, there, there they all are, right? Um, that's, so that's a lot. That's, you know, it's, so what I like about this is it's starting to show, um, like, it's starting to show us all of them in, in concert. And um, and so I've, I've grouped them into, um, you know, uh, sectors like this this one the cyan color is the hodl power um you know there's these different colors here this bluish is measuring the profit from investors and each one of them are in composited of many many um you know maybe three up to three or maybe even four um different metrics um and so you can look at it and you can see well like this this bear market they're all very much agreeing um, yeah, and they're also agreeing that we're at the bottom. Like, if you drew a support on any chart, it would be very clear that we're sitting at it, right? I mean, that's yeah, right. you just draw one horizontal line there. It's very obvious that uh, it is at support. Yeah, I mean, this is and this is um, it's, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's not only we're in the bottom, but in this this bear market, they're starting to agree with each other. Whereas the the prior market, there was a little bit of discrepancy in different dimensions that you're looking at um so the broadness of this area was wider um but they're, they're, they're very much um coalescing into very very much agreeing um there's a little bit more uncertainty since we're bottoming um it's, it's widening out but um mostly we're in a bottom zone it's, it's uh you know i mean i mean something seriously bad would have to happen i think for us to you know, um, break this down um, a lot further and have, you know, we haven't done this um, 
I guess, ever in Bitcoin's history. You know, we dipped as low as here in the early days, but you can also see from these metrics, That's they were pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, pretty 2011, wild. yeah. Right, 2010, 2000, it was a completely different industry back then, and it was very wild moves. And the metrics were, the needles were spinning everywhere, right? And and then we sort of capture it. Um, the way this works is a, it, it's a, it's a four-year um, metric on standard deviation. So we haven't even coalesced four years of um of of backtrace here for it to normalize so here around here it starts to become normalized right so like from here it's very very reliable um so anyway that's that's uh i mean that's 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 my view of it actually well it's not my view it's these are these are metrics built by um all of all of us really um so okay so so i mean Worst case scenario is we get another FTX-like event, a Coinbase or a Binance or some huge, which I'm, I'm not saying that's going to happen. My God, people, they're going to like edit that and be like, Scott Milker said Binance is going to collapse. No, not at all. But is that what it would take to push this below 12, 10, something like that? I mean, what is there a number that would surprise you at the bottom? Because clearly you've shown some indicators here, you know, that say um, price could easily go to 10 or 12. So clearly I don't think 10 or 12 would shock you at this point, Right. Yeah, I don't think I don't, like twelve wouldn't shock me. Um, Ten, I think everyone's wanting, and so it usually doesn't hit what happen. everyone wants. Yeah. Um, so uh, twelve wouldn't shock me. Um, twelve, thirteen, I think. Um, but I, I don't think you know. If you think about that, it may run away from here. It may um, it may drop even further. These these are very broad stroked um, indicators, uh, but. It's probably not a bad time to dollar cost in. Um, uh, if Binance collapses, yeah, well, that, that's a nuclear winter, right? Um, holy shit! Um, you get FTX. But I would have said that. I would have said that about FTX, right? If if FTX collapses, nuclear winter, and here we are, a thousand below that range we were talking about. It's really not as bad as it seems. Oh, it's um, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's. I mean, you know, with FTX, there was on-chain evidence that this this thing would um, talk about that. That was the title of the stream, anyways. So I forgot because I've eighty-eight. Yeah, but me, yeah, let's talk about that. Let me get into Glassnode. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I trade on FTX, right? It's um, it's it's where I like to trade. That you know, I, I got to hand it to um, SBF is that. Like okay, he he stole a lot of money that wasn't his, um, but the exchange itself, he built a good product. Well, <laughs> I mean, right. product I mean that that's use. the problem is that it uh, he built a good enough product to get everyone on there right before stealing their funds and collapsing it. So it's kind of the worst case scenario that combination. Just got greedy. Um, just got very greedy. Um, I mean, if he'd stayed in the long run and didn't do the greedy stuff i mean he would have the best um exchange out there to use um can you see my screen i can I'll add you right okay now. let's go yeah. to exchange um balance right and here we go so these are all the coins on exchanges everyone's getting the coins off the exchanges right now let's zoom into ftx this is bitcoin only right now um you have to go on to crypto quant i think to get the stable coins um, but uh, so this is the run on the bank here, right? This is like everyone getting getting the fuck out, right? But you'll notice that um, there was also 
this trend down and also what the hell happened here, right? Um, I saw this and I thought, is this an error in FTX um, labeling on Glassnode or something? It just didn't make sense. They'd been building up the stockpile of Bitcoin, you know, as they won more and more trust. This is all of our customer funds on, on that exchange. And then suddenly as three arrows collapses, 55,000 of their um, 120, 130,000 Bitcoins got withdrawn. Right. And I think SBF um, said we're doing a bit of cold storage movement here. Nothing to be worried about. No one called them out on it. Um, I thought it was maybe this move to a new labels um, that were um, still FDF. You see this sometimes as you see. Right. You, moving you see, from one exchange, from one exchange wallet to another and nobody exactly. knows the new wallet. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, right. But um, Glassnode didn't pick that up. Right. Um, they, they maintained that it went out of the exchange. Um, so. So no one actually called it out. Um, and after that point, so what happened there, right? It's like, would, did, they, did Alameda need, um, need a, um, to plug a hole in their, in their books after the 3AC collapse? But after that, look at this. This is like a constant trend downward with Bitcoin reserves. Like the, the guys that know knew that FTX was not good and there was a constant withdrawal. Um, so as the FUD was happening on Twitter, I was taking a look at this chart and I'm like, going, this does not look good. I'm like, I think I got all of my stuff out of all my Bitcoins out of FTX um, and when they had like 6,400 Bitcoins left, like um, down down in this, this region here. Um, so anyway, um, that that was that was that. There was definitely so basically he lied, said we're just you know moving some things to cold storage, but clearly that was there. I mean, now all of the speculation, which seems somewhat clear, is that Alameda blew up, and basically it was probably moving the coins to Alameda or something to try to prop them up. Yeah, exactly. And and now we were like looking, gee, who you know? Of course, we we looked at everything else now and all the other exchanges in the industry, and it's like who's who's good for the money? And um, immediately we're seeing proof of reserves, uh, Binance start to come out with this. Um, and yeah, I noticed they haven't disclosed the liabilities on their proof of assets. So yeah. it's only half we talked of it. about that at length yesterday. Yeah, it's a bit crazy. How do we know that these are FTX addresses and not retail wallets? Uh, how, how do they identify this? You said that sometimes they don't know if it's a new wallet and you see these sort of trends in Glassnode. How does Glassnode actually identify an exchange wallet? They, they, use, a, um, they use a third party as part of it. And then on top of that, they add their, their forensics um, clustering type algorithm on it. So they they already have an automatic um, algorithm that's um, looking at all addresses across the network and clustering that um, just based on um, interactions between the wallet addresses. And you can see them, they, they, re they resolve into clusters of entities, meaning that this wallet likely belongs to this known cluster or this person or this exchange because of the interactions. And so it doesn't take long for the interactions between those coins to start to give away telltale signs that it is belonging to a previously known entity. So that layer helps um, them resolve um, this. And then there's an army of, um, of, of people in the industry that are, are uh, you know, labeling, they're labeling, um, different addresses as this is um, FTX, this isn't, um, we know this because 
you know, I deposited funds here and um, right. that's the address. And so different, different, you know, you can, you can actually just fire small deposits into the exchanges and um, you'll see it arrive. And um, from there, you can kind of build up a picture and cluster it together. So yeah. Um, that's did how did people know Alameda's addresses? Because that would have been really helpful, right? If we saw this massive movement out and it was at Alameda addresses, but then again, he could just say it's cold storage and people probably I wouldn't be able to differentiate. I think Chainalysis would have um, a really good read on it. I don't know if they've come out with anything. Um, it'd be really good to see if Glassnode could do something like this um, or even CryptoQuant. Um, but I haven't seen any of that, those, that data come out. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, right now it's like, you know, it's, it's, it feels very much like most of this is priced in, unless, say, Binance blows up. I noticed that Binance, um, you know, SAFU fund is, um, you know, it was 800, $1 billion. I think it's about $800 million the last I checked. Um, yeah, I think they were saying they were going to push it to $2 billion, but I, I don't want to quote be quoted on that. But I know they are looking to increase that. Yeah, I mean, it's um, if you look at it right now, with, with like $800 million backing um, $68 billion of assets, um, and then you take into account you know, over 40% of it is highly correlated in BNB tokens. And um, the other bit is, I think 68% is both BNB and B BTC. Like if Binance goes under, like there's a, there's a major hole in that, that, that um, in their balance sheet, like their, 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 their insurance fund is like 68% correlated being Bitcoin and BNB. Um, so you might say maybe 250, 300 million of it, is solid as in US dollar. Um, it's nothing. Right. It's like 50 basis points. It's like um, half a percent or less of assets under management is backed by the SAFU fund. So, right. So, um, a Bitcoin crash or somebody targeting BNB in the same way that CZ effectively targeted FTT token could cause a similar situation by that rationale. Um, <sighs> I mean, I don't think it would. I think they're bigger. And I mean, listen, if that, if that happens now after they've seen it and he did it basically like was able to send one tweet and do it, you would have to think they're prepared for something like that. It's, well, BFTX was a very different um, kettle of fish because they, they pulled all those funds out and then it was on Alameda's balance sheet and they had all this leverage secured on FTT token. Um, it, this would be the case only if Binance um, collateralized um, with BNB token taking huge leverage and risks. You know, they own 40% of the BNB. Um, like, I don't know what it is actually. That, well, they haven't sold their 40% on the, the creation of that token. Um, so there's a lot of money there that's in BNB um, tokens that they're sitting on. And, you know, obviously they're, they're, they're plugging, plugging that into the Safu fund to give us a psychological sense that it's a big billion dollars. You know, if they're going to bring it to 2 billion, what are they going to fill it with? Is it going to be more of their stockpile of BNB? You know? Um, and, and so we, <laughs> that's a big question is like, what is actually inside of the stuff? It, like, you know, CZ said that um, they never use BNB to collateralize, um, but they're definitely using it as collateral inside the SIFU um, <laughs> fund. And so, right. They're not that, borrowing against it doesn't mean they're not using it, right? Yeah, it's still collateral, right? It's collateral. It's like in the case of a liability, which is we're going to pay out um, to 
to people who are losing money on Binance Exchange, um, that's the collateral that they're going to have to sell. Um, so that's the liability. So, um, I mean, it, it's it's not... It's not, I mean, it, this has been a good thing. I think it, the whole industry is starting to clean up and everyone's looking into um, the risks involved with the counterparties. Um, so that's a good thing. And, you know, I look at this as, wow, crypto had its 2008 unwind. Um, you know, it's like with what happened with banking and TradFi in 2008, we learned that lesson very quickly the moment we could get leverage in the system. And, you know, I remember leverage in the system only came about um, starting with BitMEX in 2018. Um, that was the first time we get significant leverage in, in our ecosystem. So it's only in this bull market that we had significant leverage that built up. And the first time we could build, get leverage in the system, um, look at what happened. Like we did everything um, in this industry. The players, the institutions at least, did not we, but the institutions did everything um, that they could to take crazy risks, just like um, banks did in two thousand and eight, um, leading up to two thousand and eight. So um, you know, it's a it's a good lesson. Hopefully we, we, we move on from this um, and learn these lessons and build a, a more, um, you know, uh, legit, more um, rock-solid industry from here. Before, before uh, we go, so obviously you saw this massive move of coins leaving FTX in, it looked like May, kind of June, and it was a steady downtrend from them. At one point, that actually sparked you to say, shit, I'm removing my own coins from this exchange just in case. Are you seeing anything else like that from any other entities at the moment that would be fair warning to people or does everything look somewhat kosher at the moment? Um, not really. I haven't seen that. Um, you know, if anything, the other exchanges are getting more collateral or more user funds. Um, Binance is, is, uh, is climbing. Um, that's the main one. Um, yeah, like Bitfinex are climbing, like Kraken's... Kraken, oh, interestingly, Kraken is, I'm just looking at it now, um, Kraken's dropped a lot in Bitcoin. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I would have thought they would gain because of the proof of reserves. They're more of a trusted player. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. Maybe they can tell us what's happening. Um but we, yeah, like Coinbase has dropped. It could just be a lot of confidence has, has left the market and everyone's pulled into cold storage. Um, right. So you're seeing retail for pulling their coins off, but not necessarily the exchange itself sending them away. Yeah, no, I, I think it, it, well, we don't know what's happening, right? We've got to make a, um, a guess or a th build a thesis around it. Um, Kraken's... Um, Kraken's following a very similar pattern to, um, well, let me just share the screen again. That's, uh, maybe right. someone can um, take a look at that. Um, but like, here we go. Here's Glassnode on, this This is Kraken's yep. Bitcoin gotcha. reserves, right? And it's very similar. Like we, a lot of coins came out um, of there, very similar to FTX actually. I wonder if that's just not, um, that just could be the clients that are pulling um, to plug plug holes um, in their balance sheet institutions. 
we had the same sort of grind down and then a drop here now. I mean, they've still got 90,000 Bitcoins in there, but there was a high of double that when they were, they were good. So I don't know what's happening there. And that just could be retail. Um, I'm going to go to hourly resolution. Interesting, because it feels like Kraken's actually been like one of the winners as far as perception. Like I think that people view them as safe. They like how Jesse Powell has approached this. So I'm actually a bit surprised to see them riding that same trend. Yeah, I mean, let's have a look. I'm just going to pull hourly resolution, which is obviously 24 times more data. It's a bit slow. Um, here we go. Just going to see if it's smooth. It's it's smooth. Yeah, and that is relatively smooth. That's like a right, it's not a straight course. line. <laughs> yeah, it's not one one massive wick. Um, so that could just be clients um, just getting coins off exchanges. Yeah. Right? Um, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the FTX was basically like a straight line down. <laughs> yeah, I might, yeah, well, that was the bank run. That was yeah, very fast. I mean, that's a, that's a bit then, aggressive. Yeah. Um, Man, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. even way more aggressive back there in that same time frame. If you like yeah, that, that's, that's yeah. quite, I mean, that's a quite aggressive withdrawal there. Another, yeah, very sort of jagged drops down. Um, yeah, yeah, big step changes down and big chunks for FTX. Um, so that move was done by big withdrawals, one after the other, whereas Kraken was smooth. So that could be just, um, yeah, so all right. Um, and maybe if we look at Kraken. Um, yeah, can and you look, look at them together? Like... Yeah, we. I can't superimpose them on the same chart. I'd have to set up the yeah. workbench to do it. it might that's take no more time. Deal. But um, that's way that's, smoother. I mean, that's not even. Yeah, um, no, that's that's that looks okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, it's interesting how it follows price as the price goes down. People get more scared, remove their coins from exchanges. Um, yeah, right. Alongside the news, it, yeah, it almost looks like a price chart. It wasn't always that way though. There's times when those are sort of opposing. At the top, well, I guess, yeah. you know, in the bull market, you're like uh, very much like, you know, shitcoin trading. <laughs> you're yeah, you ride the trend and all stuff. your coins are on the exchange because you're actually trading them. Yeah, and then now you just pull them into cold storage and forget about it for a year and come back to it, um, which is probably the best move in a bear market. Um, go on holiday a bit. Um, sort yeah, of I like think that's that. what everyone's doing. Is there a way that like on-chain analysis could have showed us that customer funds were being misused or is it just cannot get that granular? Um, I mean, uh, it's, a. Uh, I I mean, from these kind of charts, you can't tell, right. But, um, sure. You can get granular. Like you could say these funds left, um, FTX, and it went to, you know, a labeled address that was Alameda. And um, it's like a massive amount of coins that are customer funds. And you can say that's way too big to be just their own collateral. And so you can do it that way. We obviously can do this with Ethereum as well. Um, so, yeah, you can. Um, it takes a lot of granular work and detective work. Um, so, um, and I guess... 
nobody did that work. Um, no, but no I hope maybe we'll that. do it in the future now that we've learned those lessons, which is why it's worth asking the questions. Like, what did we miss? And so we can look for it, right? I just think that um, no one wanted to call out FTX or SBF because, um, you know, particularly the institutions that would have had had knowledge of this. Um, would have killed themselves, like suicide. Yeah, right. It's, it's not in their vested interest to call them out. Um, if FTX survives, they're going to be on the back end of any deal. Um, so, you know, it all took to like one article on Coinbase that, that really started it and one person did call it out and that was CZ um, and that unwound it. So scary to me, the power of a single tweet and in, uh, in this space. It's really, yeah, I, like, I mean, it's like there's crazy. like what's happened was the I mean the guy literally didn't even have to sell anything, right? Then he came, then CZ came back and said, We're not actually selling our FTT. Right. Kidding. Yeah, right. To Sam. So just you, the idea that they could possibly collapse it was enough to send the bank run and it's it's crazy. The 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 fact that um SBF gave um like when they bought back the shares, um the 10% equity from Binance. The fact that he did it with um, FTT token tells you that they weren't solvent, right? They didn't have cash. Yeah. And why would they give them FTT tokens? Why would you give your arch enemy the power to dump you when it didn't make sense unless your back is to the wall? Yeah, it's the only money you can give and you can print more. So, hey, free money. Yeah, right. So, yeah, but that, that was, it was essentially sending, um, giving um, CZ the keys to destroy FTX in that deal, right? Like he knew that he was levered long um, and FTT needed to be above, as we know, $22 now. We, um, and if it dropped below that, he's kind of margin called. Yet he gave his arch enemy, um, you know, was a half a billion dollars FTT token that could be dumped at any time. It's like... Didn't view him as an enemy at the time, and then uh, poked poked the wrong poked the wrong uh, dragon there. I would say. I mean, it's it, it just it's crazy for such a smart guy to see in retrospect all the absolutely stupid things that FD, SBF did. Well, it's like back to the wall, right? Back to the wall, and you could see it in his jitteriness as he was taking more and more amphetamines um, near the end of it, um, as we 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 can guess. Um, so yeah, one one thing led to the next and the next. Wow, man, what a shit show. Well, listen, the good news is I think that a lot of uh, indicators say that we are bottoming and hopefully we've learned some lessons and can look for signs of similar things happening in the future. I don't have so much faith in humans, but maybe at least I can have faith <laughs> in talented on-chain analysts. <laughs> so we'll be hoping that. Willie, thank you. First of all, before I let you go, where can everybody follow you? Obviously, Woonomic on Twitter, but uh, and check out everything that you've got going on. Yeah, thanks. That, that's it, really. Just go to the Twitter, and that's it, really. Um, what a humble guy. He's got a lot more going on than a Twitter account, guys, but hey, you can find it all on there. Willie, man, I, I thank you very so much uh, for coming out of retirement, I guess, for a little while. I know you haven't done this uh, in quite a bit. It's always a pleasure, and... Sometimes I miss your responses to my tweets that are so amazing because I don't check the replies <laughs> with all the bots. But every time, man, I, I just I literally laugh out loud every single time you respond. I, I, I love your beer market humor. <laughs> it's like we've got to do something during this time, right? That's my coping mechanism, right? And, and people don't realize that it's like sarcasm uh, half the time, which makes it even more fun. 
the best one i you know when i joked that uh the best i think i can't remember the exact tweet but you obviously know it where i recently said you know time is your most important asset so uh, you (laughs) shouldn't have kids everyone i thought everyone knew that i have kids and i love my children but literally everyone thought i was serious and then you responded (laughs) then you responded that it was actually love and time and then you closed with so you should spend your time on coke and hookers and not kids i I literally died yeah so funny so funny so bad. Thank right. you very much. Uh, look forward. You're welcome back anytime. Uh, and everyone else, uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have our uh, roundtable, and I, nothing's confirmed yet, but we might have some very, very uh, unexpected special guests. So you guys should tune in for that. Willie, thank you once again. Everybody else, thank you for being here. I'll see you at 9.30 a.m. tomorrow. Peace, guys. Okay. Catch you, Scott. Have Thanks, a good man. one. Bye. That's dope, man.